And we're back, creatives. I hope you had a fantastic week, and I'm so glad that you're starting your weekend here on Reality Interrupted. Last week was Arian's birthday, where Elise gifted him with the same set of magically powered blades from his dream. But he quickly realized that those blades were double-edged swords when his birthday ended with Elise moving away and taking their friendship with her. A year passed with no communication until Arian found out that Elise's life was in danger in the dark domain. Things escalated quite quickly after that. Running to her rescue, he ran his magical sword right through the back of her powerful assailant without a moment's hesitation and almost instantly regretted his actions as he realized it was his close friend, Brian's dad. Arian had killed Brian's dad, but before Mr. Watson took his last breath, he left them with a warning. His boss, the Dark Lord, would appoint another in his place to track down every dark sorcerer, to hunt them down. Is it true? Would another tracker come to take them to their death? Wouldn't you like to know? Once upon a time. For a couple of weeks, Arian and Elise trained without so much as a hint of danger. In the circle, Arian worked on his precision with his blades, agility with the swords, accuracy with the spear, and protection and strength with the shield and axe. Elise trained not only to control her powers she already possessed, but to tap into the magic she had yet discovered. She could feel it, the potential for more inside of her, but it felt like it was just out of reach. While they trained, they watched and waited, but to no avail. No new tracker crawled from out of the shadows. From what they could tell, no other sorcerer's life was taken or threatened. They were beginning to think that Mr. Watson's words were no more than an empty threat. Do you think we should be a little worried that another tracker hasn't shown himself? Elise sat cross-legged on the ground with her book open in front of her. At the moment, she was working on perfecting her abilities to manipulate the earth. Leaning over to get a better look at the pages, she read the instructions and tips and tried to concentrate at the task at hand. Aaron commanded his spear to release and threw it towards the large bullseye he'd drawn in the ground 50 feet away from where he was perched in the tree. The spear pierced the ground at the edge of the circle, not far from dead center. Closer, he mused, but not close enough. He started to climb down the tree. Not really. You said that Mr. Watson said he'd been tracking for over 16 years, right? And he talked about the next tracker in the singular. He'll appoint another one. Which probably means he was the only one before he died. So he must have been really good. If he was so good, he would have caught me. I think your only saving grace was that you didn't know about the dark domain. Obviously, tracking isn't impossible in the middle world. It's just that your powers are amplified here, so it's easier to find you and other sorcerers. I think that's why we haven't seen many here, because their chances of surviving is higher in the middle world. That's really sad. This should be their home too. This amazing, beautiful, magical place should not be one of fear and death. As the anger in her rose, so did the strength of power coming from her hands. Arian walked up to her, sat in front of her, and looked right into her eyes. He could see a storm of rage brewing in them, even as he felt the electric energy from her magic. Elise, take it easy. You're right. This place is open for every sorcerer with dark magic. It's supposed to be a safe place where they can be themselves freely. But the Dark Lord has taken that from them, from us. He won't get away with it much longer. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. They will have their home again. When Elise's breathing slowed, as well as her magic, he smirked. Anger is good. Emotion is good as long as you're in control. That passion, that need to make things right in the world is part of your strength. Control that energy by following the guidelines in this book. He pointed to the book laying open in front of them. And you'll be unstoppable. Thanks. I don't think I'd be able to do any of this without you. Well, I don't think you'll have to find out if that's the truth. We're in this together. Anyway, to answer your original question, I believe that in order for a new tracker to get as good as Mr. Watson was or better, he's going to have to train for a while, like us. So we don't know how much, but we have some time, Elise stated. He nodded. I think so, and it's time that we have to make the most of. Right. My mom said something a while ago about sorcerers having specific powers, like she's known for her ability to heal and hide people. We don't know what your specific power is, but honestly, I don't think you have just one. Elise cocked her head to the side. 
What do you mean? When we first met, I sent a power inside of you. Now, three years later, it's stronger. It's more. It feels limitless. So I don't think you have just one power. I think you have access to all of them. We just have to figure out how to unlock them all. Shocked that he just said exactly what she'd been thinking, she gaped at him. But how? It's like my magic has decided to reveal itself in pieces. It's frustrating. Maybe that's a good thing though. Master what you're given and then you'll get more. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You're heading in the right direction. He said quickly to soften the remark that she clearly took offense to by the expression on her face. Elise closed her mouth to stop the angered retort she had right on the tip of her tongue and she smirked. Nice save, hero. What you're saying makes sense, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. Patience is not my friend. Arian walked over to his spear and yanked it out of the ground. Instantly, it turned back into one of his blades, and he threw it at the bullseye he'd drawn in a tree about a hundred feet away from where he was standing. That time, the blades stuck out of the tree from the dead center of the target. The blades, with those, he was a pro. He walked towards the tree to go retrieve it. It's not like you're sitting on your hands. What good would it do you to get bum-rushed by all these powers when you're not fully in control of the ones you have now? Arian shouted over his shoulder. I get what you're saying, but I don't have to like it. She mumbled, frowning. He jogged back to where Elise was sitting, both blades in his hand. Now give me something to kill. Smiling, Elise skimmed the tips in her book one more time, then placed her open hands on the ground in front of her. Gladly. Suddenly, the wind began to blow around them, and the ground began to rumble, until six figures, made completely of dirt, grass, and rocks, towered over him, surrounding him. What am I working with here? What are these things? I'm not quite sure, but I do know that their intention is to kill, so it would be in your best interest not to hold back, because they won't. Go for the kill shot. Your blades should have enough magic stored up that they will change for you at least 20 times each before the transformation starts to slow down. Yeah, alright. Arian spread his legs and planted his feet, ready to fight. Instantly, his blades morphed into a sword and shield. He lifted his sword, and from the reflection of the steel, he was able to see how many were behind him and where they were positioned. Later, he'd think back and be amazed at how quickly and easily his mind switched gears from playing to strategic battle plans and the best fighting maneuvers. Without the slightest thought, Arian slashed his sword down when the first figure's arm shot out towards his face. Bending backwards, he swung his shield over his head until the top of it was firmly planted in the ground, blocking two other hits. Jumping up, he twisted his body and swung his sword down, chopping off the legs that kicked out under him. He landed on one knee, his fist in the ground, facing his shield. Adrenaline pumping, Arian stood up to ready himself for the others, then froze. Stunned speechless, his jaw hit the floor as he watched the limbs he'd cut off grow back on the figures. What the heck are you playing at? Unable to help herself, Elise fell back in a fit of laughter, wrapping her arms around her sides. I told you to take the kill shot. Last time I checked, most people are very much alive after amputated arms or legs. Frowning, Arian rolled his shoulders, spun his sword quickly in his hand, and adjusted his shield. I'll show you a kill shot, he growled. Come on! The figures reacted to his command and moved in all at once. Again, his arms moved with blocks and swings and his legs with jumps and kicks without him thinking twice about it. Dirt and grass limbs hit the ground left and right. A couple of the figures' blows connected, one in particular that knocked the wind out of Arian until he saw stars in the corner of his eyes. Quickly, he swung his sword low, cutting off the legs of the two figures, then swung again at their necks, and their heads flew off. Both figures crumbled to the ground into a pile of dirt and rocks, but Arian didn't see it. He'd already moved on to the others. Falling back with his shield above his head again, he watched as a leg flew above him, missing him only by inches. He thrust his sword up, piercing right through that leg. Pulling the handle of the sword sideways, Arian yanked the figure towards him, causing the thing to wobble on one leg, then fall backwards. Arian popped up and pushed both the leg he'd impaled and his sword up until it was bent towards its head. The sword pierced where the heart would have been. The figure crumbled. He saw two heading towards him from the front, so he grabbed the top of his shield that was lodged into the ground for support and kicked his legs out as he flipped over it. His feet connected with one of the figure's torsos, causing him to fall back into the other one. Standing up, Arian yanked his shield out of the ground and ran to the figures before they could recover. He ran his sword through the neck of the first one and into the second one's heart. Turning, he faced the last one, who had its arms and legs on the ground. 
Arian watched as its limbs fused with the ground. He stumbled back when the ground began to rumble under his feet. Suddenly, the ground shot up and propelled him back until he slammed into a tree. Well, that's a neat trick, he groaned painfully. The ground began to rumble again, but this time Arian pushed off the tree and lunged towards a different spot of the ground. He rolled up to his feet just in time to watch the ground shoot up where he'd just been standing a second before. For a moment, he felt like he was playing hopscotch as he jumped from one part of the ground to another, avoiding the explosions of earth. Vines and weeds shot up through the ground and wrapped themselves in a tight vise around his ankles. They quickly started up his leg, causing Arian to fall over. He commanded his sword to change to a spear, and he threw it before the vines wrapped completely around his body. The spear went straight through the head of the last figure, and the vines stopped moving. On a sigh of relief, Arian dropped his head to the ground, then turned his shield into an axe and started chopping away at the weeds. Mildly irritated, he looked over to his right when he heard clapping. Good job, Hero. That was quite a show. Glad I'm so entertaining to you. He grumbled as he worked. I am too. Well, she started as she picked herself off the ground. I'm drained. I'm going to go home and let you dig yourself out of those vines in peace. That way you can at least keep the last shred of your dignity. He inhaled sharply as his back went up. Scowling, he turned his axe back into a blade and threw the dagger at her. Elise gasped and instinctively threw her hand up, flicking her wrist. Her magic threw it off course and the blade spun off to the left landing blade first into the grass not far from where his spear was. You threw your dagger at me! Have you lost your mind? You could've killed me! Arian brushed the chopped up vines off his legs and feet, stood up, and went to retrieve his weapons. You and I both know that's not true. I was just trying to bring you back down to earth, and it seems to have worked. That blade was headed right for my eye. If I hadn't knocked it away, next time catch it. He yanked his spear out of the ground and almost collapsed in pain. Elise ran to him. What's wrong? She asked calmly, although she was anything but. My adrenaline must be gone. I'm starting to feel where all I got hit. It's nothing really. I just moved wrong getting my spear. Rolling her eyes, she poked his ribs on the side where he was slouching. When he yelled out in pain and knocked her hand away, she shook her head. Guys in there need to show no pain. It doesn't make sense. You're actually in pain. Lay down so I can heal you. Do you need help? No, I got it. And he did. It just took him a lot longer than he expected. While he struggled to get all five feet and ten inches to the ground, Elise sat and waited. Finally, he made it. Open your shirt. Let me see what I'm dealing with. He did what she instructed and looked at her with a little panic in his eyes when she inhaled sharply. What is it? His complete left side was bruised and a few cuts and scrapes marred the rest of his torso, arms, and legs. She could tell by the rips in his jeans. I think you have a broken rib or two. Is it really that bad? I can fix it. It's not going to feel great until it's over. You're going to want to cover your mouth. As if he could sense his pain and fear, Blue burst through the trees and trotted into a circle to lay by Arian. Thanks, buddy. All right, let's get this over with. Concentrating, Elise lifted her hands over his torso and felt that all-too-familiar warmth spread through her as her power moved through her body until it poured from her hands. The bright, illuminating purplish light that her magic gave seemed to envelop Arian as it mended his bones. Arian stuffed his scrunched-up shirt in his mouth and yelled in it as he literally felt his bones moving and mending. His vision started to gray from the pain, but he bit his shirt harder and held on. While Elise worked, he closed his eyes and tried to align his breathing to Blue's slow and steady rhythm. He was surprised at how much it helped. After several minutes, she was done. Utterly drained, she laid down beside him to catch her breath and wipe the sweat off of her forehead. I feel a lot better, thank you. He said, more than a little relieved, after he moved around and felt nothing but a little soreness. Oh, I thought you passed out. He didn't want to tell her how close he'd come to doing just that. No. How do you learn to do all that? The book you gave me. It's amazing. It's your mom's, isn't it? Yeah, well, a copy of it anyway. How did you get your hands on a copy? Elise wanted to know. I drew it. Arian answered matter-of-factly. So that's what you meant by it taking you over a year. My gosh, that's... wow. Feeling a bit uncomfortable with the compliment, Arian just shrugged. It was no big deal. You needed the book, and I'm glad that it's helping you. I was afraid that it wouldn't. Elise admitted, looking down at her hands. It's very clear that it was a book intended for light magic sorcerers. My mother told me that it's not so much about what type of magic you have, but what you do with what you have. Your book, even though I copied it, has strong magic, just like the book I copied from. I could feel it as I was drawing. He told me that 
those books only open for the purest of hearts, whether they had dark or light magic. The book cannot be fooled or tricked. In the wrong hands, it will not work. Your heart is pure. That's what matters. She looked up at him and smiled. Thanks. I better go. I'm going to stay a while. I haven't spent much time with Blue since I've been back. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Elise picked her book up and stepped to the portal. Don't run him too hard. I won't. Arian answered. Smirking, Elise looked over her shoulder at them. I was talking to Blue. Then she was gone. Blue lifted his head and whinnied out a burst of laughter. Arian nudged him with his elbow. Shut up, or we're walking the whole time. He changed his spear back into his blade, then secured both back into their holsters. Both Blue and Arian stood up, and grabbing a handful of Blue's mane, Arian jumped up and kicked his leg over until he straddled Blue. Let's go. For a while, they trotted through the woods in a comfortable silence. Arian took in the sights around him and felt more at home than he did in any other place he'd lived, and it wasn't difficult to figure out why. The dark domain was breathtaking. Everything was illuminated in such intricately beautiful patterns from the wildlife and vegetation to the homes and stores in the towns. It all reminded him of snowflakes or fingerprints. Everything there was a part of a whole, something so much greater. But each thing, whether living or not, was unique in its design. No two things were quite the same. Considering that he was so different, not quite human, yet not a sorcerer, it was comforting for him to be in a place that he felt celebrated such individuality in its inhabitants. I've missed this place and you, Blue. I don't think I realized how much until I came back, but I can't seem to shake this impression that it's feeling darker, more grim. I just... He stopped talking when Blue stopped abruptly and Arian saw his ears perk up. What do you hear? Closing his eyes, Arian concentrated on the sounds around him. His eyes shot open when he heard a faint scream far in the distance. That way, go up. Blue spread his wings and took off in a full gallop, then jumped in the air and shot straight up. Any other time, Arian would have appreciated the warm wind that hit his face and blew through his hair. He would have shouted with his arms spread from the free sensation he got every time he was flying with Blue. But at the moment, he was focused on nothing except who screamed and why. Turn it down, Blue. I don't want them to see us coming. Suddenly, the bright blue lights along his back, wings, tail, and mane went out. Arian scanned the lands below him, not sure of where the sound came from until he saw the flashes of magic. One red and one green. There. Blue saw the direction he was pointing and made a nosedive right for the commotion. Arian readied himself. He thought about pulling out his blades, but decided against it. I don't know what we're walking into, so I'll just keep my weapons hidden for now. When they were about 20 yards away, Arian hopped off Blue and patted him on the neck. Stay here, buddy. I'll call you if it gets interesting. Not wanting to be seen, Arian stayed in the shadows and dodged behind what appeared to be abandoned houses until he got close enough to take in the scene. You brainless drone. We're not going anywhere with you, so go crawl back to your owner and kiss his butt for me. Arian watched her push one of her hands in front of her, and green magic shot towards the tall woman in dark clothes, but she dodged it. He noticed that the victim's other arm was injured. Don't make this harder than it has to be. You already hurt. Stop fighting me and just surrender. I don't want to kill you. It's not even you I want. She's definitely not going anywhere with you, so I'd love to see you try. You think I don't know where you want to take her? I think I have a much better chance of survival against you than she does the Dark Lord. Suit yourself. She held her hands out in front of her, one above the other, as if she were holding a crystal ball. A bright red ball of energy appeared in the space between her hands that seemed to have her entire body illuminated. As she moved her hands in a circular motion, the ball grew in size. Arian's ears perked up at the sound of the Dark Lord's name and walked into the middle of the scene, effectively blocking the victim before the tracker could do anything with what Arian could only assume was a ball of death. What's going on here? Nothing that concerns you, kid, answered the Dark Lord's new minion. Run along. If you're about to throw that to hurt this woman for the Dark Lord, it does concern me. Slightly intrigued, the woman extinguished her ball and looked more keenly at the boy. What's your business with the Dark Lord? Well, personally, I've never met the guy, but I've heard enough about him to know that he and his brainless drones, I believe that's what she called you, must be stopped. A slow smile crept across the tracker's face. Now she was definitely intrigued. Stopped. Yeah, I mean, I was taught not to hurt girls. But I don't think my parents met girls like you when they gave me that rule. So, I'm going to kill the Dark Lord and you. I thought that was clear. You got that, right? 
Arian turned to look at the woman standing slack-mouthed, staring at him with a mixture of shock and fear. The sarcasm was not lost on the tracker. She threw her head back and laughed. You haven't got any magic to speak of. If you had, I would have been alerted. I'm not even sure how you managed to get in the dark domain. How do you figure you'll accomplish killing the Dark Lord and me? Arian shrugged. Well, I killed the guy that had your job before you, so I think I'll figure it out. I'm pretty resourceful. That wiped the smirk right off her face, replaced with a nasty grimace. And within the matter of a millisecond, the amusement in her eyes turned into a look so murderous that a chill ran down Arian's spine. That hardly seems likely, but if that was you, I guess I should be thanking you, because here I am, right hand to the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Either way, it's a shame that you won't get the opportunity to meet the Dark Lord, since I'm going to kill you where you stand. Arian pulled out one of his blades and held it by his side. He smirked. Well, we'll see. The tracker met Arian's smirk with one of her own. That's a cute little dagger. She chuckled, then lifted her hand, spread her fingers, and watched as her magic rose from those fingers. Magic is red as the blood she liked to draw out of her victims. Now I wonder if my power is any match. She feigned concern. You talk too much. Come on, old lady. She threw her hand in front of her and shot her magic at Arian. The speed that the magic came rushing towards him was faster than anything Elise had hit him with, but he was ready. He swung his blade in front of him, and in mid-swing, it grew into a sword. The steel cut into the magic, absorbing it. Smirking, Arian fed off the utter shock on the tracker's face. Weren't expecting that, were you? He shot back through smirking lips. On a growl, the tracker put both hands out and again her entire body glowed red and magic shot up from her fingers. The ground and sky began to rumble. Arian crouched slightly for balance, swung his sword in a circle in his hand and ran towards her. He dodged and absorbed every streak of power that was thrown at him. Once, he sidestepped, miscalculating the tracker's attack and felt a piercing pain in his side, but ignored it. Lunging forward, Arian rolled up to his feet and used the momentum of the roll to jump up and punch the sorcerer right in the jaw with his free hand. He watched as her head snapped up and she stumbled back, but it took her no time at all to recover from Arian's hit. And when she brought her head back down, her eyes were glowing red like the rest of her. From behind him, Arian could hear the lady he was protecting yell something at him, but he couldn't make out what she said. He did, however, know that it was some kind of warning. He stood his ground, ready. Then something happened. Arian felt the air around him change, and the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. He could taste and smell what could only be described as a charge. The sudden change in the atmosphere distracted him for only a moment, but a moment was all the tracker needed. A streak of lightning exploded out of the sky and down right where Arian was standing. He had no idea what was coming and would have been electrocuted if not for his sword. Later, he wouldn't know how to explain it, but his sword seemed to move on its own. It directed his hand to aim the sword above his head right before the bolt of lightning struck him. It didn't make sense, he declared. His sword was pure steel. He'd learned in physics that steel was a conductor. He should have been fried to a crisp. The sword should not have made a difference, but it did, and he was thankful. Enraged, the tracker yelled out and let off the full extent of her power, and the sky exploded louder than ever. A series of bolts came down on Arian, each one harder than the one before. Even though his sword absorbed them all, he wasn't sure how much longer he could withstand the hits. It needed to end. Finally, he pulled his other blade from his holster. It was difficult to move or to concentrate on anything with the loud, heavy explosions of lightning coming down on him. He needed to distract the tracker. Arian didn't want to tip off his attacker, so he called for Blue in his head. Within a matter of seconds, Blue came galloping through the trees as if he'd been waiting for the call. Behind the tracker, Blue turned, lifted one of his back legs, and kicked her right in the spine. Screaming in agony, she fell to her knees. The lightning slowed up, and that was all Arian needed. He felt his blade changing and threw it with all the strength he had left in him. In midair, the blade morphed into a spear and went straight through the heart of the attacker. Instantly, everything stopped. The screaming and the lightning. The only sound that broke the silence was Arian's heavy breathing. He fell to his knees more from exhaustion than pain. Blue trotted up to him and nuzzled his face. You saved my life, Blue. Thank you. You're hurt. He'd almost forgotten that the woman was there. A little. It's not that bad. You're hurt too. She smiled weakly as she walked up to him, then sat down beside him. It's not that bad. They got a good look at each other. If Arian had to guess, he'd say she was in her late 30s. She had thick, curly brunette hair that didn't quite reach her shoulders. She had the bluest eyes he'd ever seen. So blue that they could have been cold, but there was nothing but warmth in them as far as he could see. He found comfort in them because they reminded him of his horse. Her nose and chin were pointy while the rest of her features were soft. It should not have made sense, but for her it did. She was very pretty. When he first stepped in front of her and said that he'd killed the previous tracker, she thought that he'd been bluffing. But now, 
As a woman lay dead only a few feet away from them and she looked into his big, light brown eyes, she knew he'd been telling the truth. She didn't see fear or shock, nor did she see satisfaction, which relieved her. But what she did see was a touch of sadness and resolve for what was, as if the fate of the world was solely in his hands, and her heart ached for him. I'd heal you if I could, but that's not in my power. I'm sorry, you're just a kid. I hate that you've taken this on by yourself. Arian shook his head. I'm not alone. My friend, we're sort of partners in this... She'll heal me. Well, you're alone tonight. That was very brave of you. I can say the same of you. Not very many people can face somebody trying to kill them and insult them so impressively. She laughed, and it shocked her after all they'd just been through that he was able to bring that out of her. Yeah, well, I've always had a way with words, but I'm more bark than bite. Both my husband and I were born with very little power within us, but our daughter, Sunny, that's who Yulia was after. I couldn't let her get Sunny. Your husband stayed with your daughter? He wouldn't have wanted it that way, but I took the choice from him. What do you mean? My limited power is over the mind. I persuaded him into believing he wanted to go back to the middle world with her. He'll be angry with me, but I wouldn't have been able to bear it if anything happened to either of them, because I wanted to spend a little more time in the dark domain. Arian looked around. I've never been this deep into the domain on ground. Why does it look like all of these houses are abandoned? It's because they are and have been for decades. The only sorcerers that come here anymore are the ones that the Dark Lord wouldn't bother with. Like me and my husband, the ones who don't have much magic. Why is this Dark Lord killing sorcerers? What does he gain from that? Their power. No one outside of his tracker has ever seen him and lived. But rumor is that he has some sort of scepter that allows him to take the power of his victims and transfer it into himself. Word got out that the tracker was killed, and we had hope for the first time in a long time. A lot of people started coming back, people who hadn't been here in years. Today was our first time back since we realized just how powerful our daughter was five years ago. That's why I wanted to stay a little longer. She loved it here, and I missed it so much. She wasn't sure why she was telling this child so much, but a part of her wanted him to trust her enough for him to open up. How old is your daughter? She's 11. Only a few years younger than him and Elise. But their worlds were so different, Arian mused. He looked into her eyes and saw something come into them as she talked about her daughter. He recognized it as a parent's love for their child, the same look his parents gave him every day. He didn't want the evil that had touched his life and Elise's to touch that little girl's world or anyone else's if he could help it. I'm going to make this place safe again for her, for everyone. I'm going to kill him. She wanted to tell him that it didn't all have to fall on him, that it wasn't his responsibility, but it was obvious he wouldn't listen, so she kept it to herself. What's your name? Arian. I believe you, Arian. My name is Rachel. Thank you for saving my life. Yulia would have killed me. You knew the tracker? She was my next-door neighbor. She came over every Sunday for dinner. She answered sadly. The first tracker was my best friend's dad, so I get it, and I'm sorry. Arian looked down at his hands. Oh, sweetie. Rachel gently pinched his chin and lifted it like she did her daughter when she was upset or ashamed, so he would look at her. You have nothing to apologize for. It's sad that she's dead, but it's even sadder that she dedicated her life to the Dark Lord. They're trying to track the stronger sorcerers and not to stop until they've all been found, even if that means killing everyone in their way. Yulia would have killed me and my husband to get to my daughter. She would have killed countless more and would have had thousands of sorcerers stripped of their powers and killed. You saved me and so many others tonight. I wasn't sure at first, but after tonight, I know there will be another. I think you're right. I need to get back to my family. Thank you again. She pushed off the ground and opened the portal. Goodbye, Rachel. When he was by himself again, Arian got up and went to examine the body. He winced at the pain in his side that he'd been trying to ignore. But when he touched it, he felt warm blood slowly oozing out. He lifted his hand and saw that his fingers were covered in blood. Blue whinnied and huffed angrily, stumping his hooves in the ground. All right, all right, dude. I'll call Elise. She's going to be so pissed. He pulled out his cell phone and pressed her name in his phone. What the heck, Arian? I was having such a good dream about that guy in my third period I was telling you about. This better be good. I'm still in the dark domain. Can you come? I need your help. Can you meet me at the circle? He grabbed Blue's mane and tried to jump on his back, but the wound in his side prevented him from doing so. The noise he made was drenched in pain. Better yet, Blue will meet you in the circle. And fly you to me, please. Elise jumped up when she heard his yelp of pain. She didn't even think to change out of her pajamas. She just slipped her boots on and jumped through the portal into the circle. She heard Blue's protesting Winnie at Arian's suggestion. You're hurt, and Blue doesn't want to leave you. I'm in the circle now. You're far, but not too far that I don't feel your pull. 
Empress will take me to you. Just stay put. Elise closed her eyes and called Empress. Empress had to feel her urgency because she jumped through the trees into the circle after a couple of seconds. Arian's hurt. We need to find him. Elise jumped on her back, laid flat with her arms wrapped around Empress's neck, and she took off at a sprint. They weaved through the trees, jumped over fallen logs and bushes, and took sharp turns around houses with ease. Elise didn't even have to give Empress directions to Arian. It was like she could feel him too, or maybe it was Blue she had a connection with. When Arian came into view, Elise's heart rate slowed down a little. He was hurt, but he was standing, or more specifically, he was leaning on Blue. She slid off Empress's back and walked up to him. What did you do to yourself, Hero? They had made it to him in less than five minutes after hanging up with her, and he was more than a little grateful. He pointed to the body. That, oh my gosh, is that, is that another of the Dark Lord's trackers? She did that to you? Yes, to both. Can he heal me? I'm losing blood, and it doesn't feel all that great. Gently, she pulled him off of Blue and helped him to the ground. Of course I can heal you. Pull up your shirt. He did what she asked, and when she got a good look at the open wound, she inhaled sharply. He looked into her eyes and saw a storm of anger right before the sky rumbled. Hey, Sparks, it's okay. I'm okay, really. Just concentrate on healing me, all right? Yeah, okay, you might have some internal bleeding. This lady has some powerful magic. Hold my hand and be still. Also... Make sure you breathe evenly. This might take a while. Arian grabbed the hand she offered him and laid his head back on the ground. Closing his eyes, he concentrated on his breathing. Why didn't you call me earlier, Arian? This might not have happened if we fought the tracker together. He could hear the hurt in her voice and felt bad about it. Trust me, I would have if I had time. But Blue and I were just flying around when I heard a woman scream. Everything after that just happened so fast. Elise, this lady, she could control lightning. He told her about everything as she worked. Embarrassingly, he lost consciousness for a couple of minutes, but the same pain that took him out brought him back. What happened? His voice was weak and laced with pain. You passed out for a little while. Are you serious? Groaning, he covered his face with his arm. Oh, don't be a baby about it. The level of this woman's power and the kind of injury I'm healing, I'm surprised you lasted as long as you did. I'm nearly finished. Elise squeezed his hand harder and he felt some of the pain ease. Quickly, he dropped his arm to look at her and saw anguish in her eyes. Don't do that. Don't take my pain, Elise. You're always trying to be the hero. Let me for once. No. There was finality in his voice that surprised even him. I'm done anyway. She retorted, sniffing. Subtly, she wiped the tears from her eyes. Thank you. He smirked with sincerity in his. You know. Elise placed her hand over his heart. You know, so what are we going to do with the body? Arian looked over at it. His spear was still impaled in the body. She deserves to be buried. I want to check her out first. See if she has anything that can lead us to the Dark Lord. Good idea. Elise helped Arian up and they walked over to the body. Look at this. Arian said and pointed to her wrist. That's the exact same watch that Mr. Watson had on. That can't be a coincidence, right? Something's happening to it. It's flashing red. Don't. He barked when Elise started to reach for the watch. We don't know what it does, but we do know its owner was a tracker. So the watch could be harmful to you. Let me check it out. Elise lifted her hands as if to surrender. That's fair. On a deep breath, Arian leaned over to get a better look at the watch, or what he thought was a watch, and opened the lid. Both screens were dark green with white computer block letters like those ancient Game Boys one of his older cousins showed him one time. What is it? I think it scans sorcerers and their powers. It has your age, gender, coordinates, and power level on here. This is what the tracker meant when she said that she would have been alerted if I had powers. Interesting. My power? Well, what is it? It says you're a 6.5. That's pretty good. Elise frowned. Out of what? If it's out of 10, then it's not good enough. If there's an even higher skill than that, it's definitely not good enough. It's because I haven't figured out how to tap into the rest of my power. I know it is. It's so frustrating because it's right under the surface. Something is just blocking it. I can feel it. And we'll figure out how to reach it. I promise. You just have to give it time. We've talked about this. This is really good for the little time that we've been training. Anyway... I'm taking this watch with me, tinker with it, and see what I can find. It might give us some information about the Dark Lord. 
maybe even a location. You find anything else on her? He went about unhooking the watch off the limp wrist while Elise searched her. A phone. And here. Arian looked up from what he was doing to see what she was trying to pass him. What's that? It's 300 bucks. You're half of our earnings. You took that from her wallet. That's so wrong on so many levels. I don't want that. Elise hung her head and sighed, then looked back up at him. You're way too good, Hero. Look, she's dead, like never coming back dead. What would you rather do, bury it with her? That's a waste of money. It's pointless. You did the world a service by killing this lady. You deserve this money. He took the money and smirked. Fine, but don't I deserve all the money since I killed her? Not when you woke me up to patch up your boo-boo and bury the body. Not to mention the fact that you woke me up from my dream right before Ryder Thomas could kiss me. Point taken, and I didn't need to know that. He retorted, frowning. I'll work on the watch and see if I can find anything. Cool, and I'll go through the phone. Back up so I can get rid of this lady. When he moved to stand beside her, Elise lifted her hands. The ground around the body began to vibrate until it shot up on both sides of the tracker like a wall and collapsed on top of her, enveloping and dragging her under until she disappeared completely. The ground looked as if it had never been disturbed. Pretty impressive, Sparks. I have my moments. I was genuinely hoping that we were wrong to think there'd be another. Me too, Arian agreed. But now we know for sure that he'll just keep appointing more trackers until we get to him. He's like the creature from the Greek stories. We cut off a head, more will just grow in its place. We have to kill the beast. The conviction in Elise's voice was unmistakable. And we will when we're ready. We both almost got killed in our first battle against these trackers. If the Dark Lord is really taking powers from other sorcerers, we don't stand a chance against him yet. But we will. Elise nodded. We have a lot of work to do tomorrow. You look beat. And I want to go back to my dream. So how about we both call it a night? They both said goodnight to Blue and Empress and opened their individual portals and walked into their rooms. They did exactly what they said they would. They trained. They worked to expand and perfect their abilities longer and harder than they ever had before. They worked together, learning each other's styles and techniques, getting into a comfortable rhythm that made them an unstoppable force when they came up against the next tracker. But with all the work they'd done, they were no closer to who they truly wanted. Arian slammed in the house. I've just about had enough of this, Elise. Elise looked up from the pot of leftover gumbo she was warming up on the stove that Arian had made the day before. Enough of what? Of dealing with his lapdogs. He keeps playing us and tossing these pawns at us instead of facing us himself. She rolled her eyes. Not this again. It's been over five years since we found out who he was and began training to take him down. We've killed 36 trackers and still no sign of the Dark Lord. You've kept count? Arian shrugged matter-of-factly. Yeah, so? Concern flared up in her eyes. She knew how hard it was on him killing those people. He always did what needed to be done, but each one weighed on him heavier than the last. She ran her fingers through her curly hair that she'd recently chopped off. You know their fate is inevitable. They chose that life to follow him. But what if they didn't? What if he's forcing them or controlling them? We could be killing innocent people. They were far from innocent, Arian. Okay, so we've killed 36 trackers, each one stronger than the one before it. How many innocent people did they kill before we got to them? How many more would they have killed? We're doing something amazing here. We are saving lives and saving the dark domain. We are bringing life back into this place. You remember when you showed me that drawing of your dream? And I asked you why it looked different, brighter somehow? Yeah, I do. That's what it's starting to look like more and more each day. People are moving back and safe enough to be out in the open again. We did that. We're doing that. And they know it. They might not know what we look like, but they know who we are. They're calling me the Enchantress and you the War Master. Browning, Arian shifted uncomfortably. I'm not really a fan of the name or the attention behind it. Elise shrugged. I kind of like it. Oh, do you? I hadn't noticed. He said flatly. Listen, the attention is a good thing. We get enough of it and the Dark Lord just might crawl out of the shadows to say hello. I doubt it. He's a coward. There was so much venom in his words that her heart went out to him. No, he's smart. With all the trackers we've killed, we've never once been able to get anything from them except money. Their phones are clean. The watches are clean. There's never even a trace of them or the Dark Lord. He's good. He's really good. 
and that's frustrating for sure, but we'll get him eventually. Pacing, Arian pushed the stray hairs out of his face that had come out of the rope he tied around his long bush of curls. Clearly, it was time for a haircut. How? How do we pull him out of hiding? I honestly don't know. You'd think that he'd want to stop the people that are preventing him from taking the powers of every powerful sorcerer for himself since his trackers aren't alive long enough to get the job done. But he doesn't seem to care that they're failing to stop us. They're expendable to him. It makes me wonder what he wants from us, if he's testing us. She added, contemplating what that might mean. Arian stopped in his tracks and looked at her. Exactly! We have to figure out where he is or find something he really cares about. Take it and make him come to us. We'll figure it out, alright? Right now, we're going to eat and you're going to tell me about your new girlfriend. Elise placed two bowls full of hot gumbo on the breakfast bar, sat down in front of her bowl, and patted the seat next to hers. Arian couldn't help but smirk when he thought about his pretty feisty redhead girlfriend, Beth. Calmer than he'd been when he first came inside the house, he finally took the time to look around. His smile morphed into a frown as soon as he'd noticed the signs that looked like she'd been staying there for at least a few days. The dishes in the sink, at least two sets of dirty outfits piled on the floor in the laundry room, several sheets of music scattered all over the living room, and her violin not quite in its case. What time did you get here tonight? Thrown off guard, Elise looked at him with a blank stare. Uh, what? Was all she could think to say. No, Elise, no! How long have you been staying here? It's only been a couple of days. It's no big deal. It wasn't a complete lie, she declared. She'd only been there a couple of nights that week. But altogether, well, that was a different story. Have you at least been going to class? I, uh... Arian groaned and scrubbed his hands across his face. Since she'd graduated high school, he thought that his dream of their argument about her almost not graduating was a mistake. But now he wondered if he just hadn't been paying close enough attention. How did he not catch this earlier? You can't do this, Sparks. This is your second year in college. You have to finish school. When she did nothing but lower her head, he sighed. He could see the tears at the brim of her eyes and softened his tone. What's going on, Elise? Nothing's been the same since my mom died. I wanted to stay close to my dad because I didn't want him to be alone. But then he wanted to move again, and I hate where we moved. The school I had to choose to stay near him sucks. Our new place sucks. Every time she brought up her mom's death, or every time he thought about it, even though it happened almost a year ago, it hit him straight in the jugular. He couldn't help but think about his old childhood friend Brian and his dad. Although he didn't cause her stroke and couldn't have stopped it, Arian felt equally as guilty as he did about killing Brian's dad. I know it's a hard adjustment. No. Well, yes it is, but that's not what I meant. My father is not the same since she died. What do you mean? He's scared of me, Arian. Scared of my powers. He won't talk to me or even look at me. It's like my mom was his buffer or the one he believed was keeping him safe from me. He was completely shocked. What do you mean he's scared of you? He helped conceive you. No, he didn't. I'm adopted. Without even realizing it, Arian jumped out of his chair. What? He shouted. Did he tell you that? How has this never come up with us? Sure, but he didn't have to tell me. And I figured you knew. Arian, magic is hereditary. Neither of my parents were sorcerers. He pushed his hair again. I I just, I don't know what to say. Well, anyway, there was no reason for us to move this time. He's just gotten so paranoid about everything. And I know he blames me. When mom got sick, I used to beg him to let me get emancipated and leave. But he wouldn't sign the papers, nor would he explain why he wouldn't. After she died, I stopped asking. It just got unbearable, Arian. I can't live there anymore. I'm miserable. So why not on campus then? I don't fit in there. I'm not happy there either. Her voice broke on that last admission. She wanted to tell him that she'd made the decision not to go back, but she decided against it. Arian wrapped his arms around her in a hug. I'm sorry. We've been so focused on the Dark Lord and the trackers that we've been neglecting ourselves and each other. I'm sorry that I didn't even notice you were hurting. I'd like to attest that to my superior skills at hiding my emotions. No, I was just distracted. Listen, I promise not to hassle you about staying here if you promise to go back to the middle world, if for no other reason than to finish out the semester. Elise's eyebrows shut up and her eyes widened. Really? The terms will be renegotiated after you finish out the year. But yes, really. Elise, it's so easy to get wrapped up in this place. Lose track of time and forget that you have a life in the middle world. That's the thing. There's nothing for me there. Yes, there is. 
You just have to find it. You promise? Rolling her eyes, Elise nodded. Promise. Good. He kissed the top of her head, sat down, and dug into his food. For the next few days, they took a break from training to settle Elise into the charming little cottage on the hill in the dark domain. They only packed the bare essentials, and since they were both so good at moving, it only took one trip to get her things. I think that's it. Thanks for helping me with moving in. Hopefully this will be my last one for a very long time. Arian looked around the little cottage with its smooth cobblestone kitchen floors and matching backsplash over the renovated stove. The cabinets and island were a matching soft nude painted wood with brown marble countertops. The rest of the two-bedroom, two-bath house had glossy cherry hardwood floors. The rooms were painted with light colors which gave the little quaint cottage an open, airy feel. Well, you picked a nice one to call your own. I think so, too. This. Arian started as he walked into another room is my favorite spot in the house. It was a living room turned music room. On the left side wall was a stone fireplace and on the mantel sat two pictures, one of Elise and her parents before her mother had the stroke and before the long nights in the hospital and a picture of them with Blue and Empress, one of the nights in the circle that she'd printed out from her phone. On either side of the pictures were candlesticks and in the middle of the picture sat a bowl full of stones he knew were for health, safety, love, and tranquility. A long, dark leather couch rested against the wall. In front of it sat a coffee table, the same glossy black wood as the baby grand piano that was placed in front of the round wall of bay windows that extended from floor to ceiling. Arian sat down at the piano and began to play. Looking up, he smiled when Elise picked up her violin and joined him. When he was younger, he hated taking piano lessons. It wasn't until he learned that Elise played an instrument that he began to take it a little more seriously. But it really wasn't until he heard her play and asked her why she liked it so much that he actually started to appreciate music and its power. He would never forget what her answer was. I don't just like playing. I love it. The lives that we live, we were forced to drop everything and move at a moment's notice. There's not much we have control over and not many people we have to talk to about it. This violin understands me, and I understand it. This, I can control. And the music I make, it says what I can. It expresses what I feel. It transports me somewhere I'd much rather be. Anywhere. Like what we found in the dark domain. And what you have with your drawing. Music does that for me. It was true. Drawing sucked him into the world that formed on the page, but she'd made it sound so magical that he wanted to try it for himself. And like with most everything else, she was right. Music expressed his feelings much better than he ever could. He connected with the music he created on a level he'd say was equivalent to his connection with Blue. And that shocked him. For that, for inspiring him musically, he had Elise to thank. Completely caught up in the moment, Arian began singing the words to the song they were playing. Elise only faltered for a moment when she started singing, but recovered quickly and finished the song. His voice was deep and rich and as smooth as silk. It was beautiful. When the song was over, she lowered her violin. I never heard you sing. I literally didn't even know you could. He shrugged nonchalantly. Yeah, well, I don't do it too often. I think this is my favorite room too. She told him smiling. Are you happy, Sparks? I am here. Are you? That was the big question, and one he'd been thinking about for the past few days since she asked him. He couldn't with complete certainty give her a definite answer one way or the other. He felt like they were no closer to finding the Dark Lord than they were when they started almost six years before. But Elise was right. The progress that they'd made was not in vain. They'd made the Dark Domain a better and safer place, and he was proud of that. He was finally doing what he knew he was made to do defeating bad guys and saving lives. But there was still so much of his life he didn't understand. So many questions unanswered. He hated living in the dark, living in a continuous state of not knowing everything about himself. It made him feel powerless, like he didn't entirely know who he was, and he was sick of it. Pushing out of his desk, he walked down to the front of his classroom, submitted his last final of his third year of college, and walked out with a mission on his mind. He pulled his cell phone out of his pocket and called his dad. Hey, Dad. Yeah, I'm done. It was cool. Not hard at all. Hey, do you think you and mom can meet me at the house? I'll be home in like an hour. Yeah? Alright, great. I'll see you then. Hanging up, Arian stuffed his phone back into his pocket and walked to his on-campus apartment to pack. He smiled when he saw Beth leaning up against his door. Hey you. Hey you, Beck. She smiled. How did your art history final go? He stuck his key in the lock, then leaned down and kissed her while he went about mm -hmm. unlocking his door. When he opened the door, he backed her through the threshold and into his place. I just got back from the mess hall. Was that today? What? Jeez, woman. I think you just burst my eardrum. I was only joking. He told her, chuckling. Don't play like that. I almost had a heart attack. 
Anyway, you sure I can't get you to come with me to Europe for the summer? Arian shook his head and put his stuff neatly in his suitcase. Nah, I have some stuff I need to take care of. But if I finish in time, I might be able to meet you before school starts back up. Beth pouted. I'll take what I can get. When do you leave? In an hour. He answered. Well, I think it's only right that we give each other something to remember the other by. Arian looked up and saw that sly smile he'd grown fond of spread across her face. He zipped the suitcase and pushed it off the bed. I can't argue with that. He agreed and scooped her up to straddle him, then laid her on the bed where his suitcase had once been. An hour and a half later, he stepped the portal in front of his parents' house in California. He didn't know why he was bothering with pretenses, but he figured easing into what he was about to discuss with them was better than just popping up out of thin air into the living room. So, he knocked on the door and waited. Kel opened the door. Hey Ace, man, are you a sight for sore eyes? Come on in. After I told your mom you were coming, she ran to the kitchen and hasn't come out since. She's making all your favorites. That's awesome. It's good to see you. Looks like you've been working out. Arian said in observation of his dad's toned physique. Had to keep up with my son. He was trying to show me up. He teased. Arian laughed. As soon as he walked into the kitchen, he enveloped his mother in his arms. Oh, sweetie, you've gotten taller. I didn't even know that was possible. What are you now, 6'2"? 6'3", actually. You need any help in here? No, no, I'm all done. You sit down and relax, and I'll fix you a plate. I can see something's on your mind. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Kat and Kel shared a knowing look, but Arian missed it. Uh, okay. Well, there's this girl that I'm friends with, that I've been friends with since we first moved to North Carolina. Elise? Arian looked at her more intently. You knew? I knew that you hadn't just met the day you brought her to me to heal. Yeah, looking back, I guess we did a pretty bad job of hiding that. How is she doing? She's fine. Better now. I don't know if I ever said this, but thank you for saving her. How did you meet her? Kel wanted to know. When we first moved to North Carolina, it was the first day of school, actually. I was sitting in class, and I felt this pull in my gut. It was something that I'd never felt before, and I couldn't ignore it, so I followed it. And there she was, getting pushed around by a couple of idiots. Anyway, I helped her get rid of them, and she thanked me by telling me to mind my business. I mean... The girl was terrible. Arian smiled at the memory. So much so that I tried to ignore her, but that pull. It got to the point to where it was painful for both of us to keep our distance. We decided it would be far less painful to try and figure out why we were experiencing the feeling together rather than separately. But eventually, we forgot all about the pull and we became friends. In conjunction with that, ever since I can remember, I've had these dreams. Some were more like visions. After I met Elise, she became a part of those dreams. Some of them were in real time, but others were of us when we were older. It gave me a hope that I had never felt before. I thought, finally, we were done moving. That hope didn't last long. Because we moved again. Kel added. She moved first. Then yes, we moved. Why? Why do we move so much? Why do we always have to pick up and leave so abruptly? Were you guys in some kind of trouble? Was it because of your powers, Mom? Kat took a shaky breath and looked Arian directly in the eyes. This was the day she had been waiting for and dreading all at the same time. She could remember wondering if it was ever going to come. The waiting and the anticipation killed her, and now that it was finally here, she felt like time went by entirely too fast. We moved when you told us to, Arian. For a moment, all he could do was stare at her in confusion. What? I never- But you did. I remember the first time you warned us there was danger. I've told you before that my gift is helping people hide from those who wish to do them harm. Well, long before you were born and up until that day, I've made a living out of helping people. Your mother was famous for it. Kel chimed. That day, a woman came in. I can still see her face. We'd talked on the phone before. She'd said all the right things, pulled all the right heartstrings. So I told her to come on to the house. I didn't typically do house calls, but you weren't quite two months old yet. And Kel was at work so I didn't want to take you out. She got there only 10 minutes after I'd laid you down for a nap. You weren't due to wake up for at least another hour, but the second she stepped foot into the house, you went ballistic. You startled me and her, and the second you threw her off, saved my life. I had my back turned to her, and she'd been trying to knock me unconscious. It was like a switch had gone off in her head. There was no talking to her, no getting through to her. She kept saying that she needed to take me to the Dark Lord. There I'd meet my end. Arian sat straight up at the mention of his name. The Dark Lord? He knew that the Dark Lord couldn't absorb light magic, but the fact that he came after his mother, the fact that this evil ever touched her. If he was uncertain before, Arian had no doubt in his mind that he was going to kill him now. Yeah, 
At the time, none of us knew that light magic could do nothing for him. At that time, his name had just started circulating. What did you end up doing? Hard question number one, she declared. She wanted to lie. Everything in her was begging her to lie, but she vowed to tell him the truth about everything, no matter how difficult. I killed her. I had to protect you. I- Good. Arian said, cutting her off. I don't need an explanation. I'm glad you did it. When she was dead, you stopped crying instantly. As you got older, it went from crying to shouting out in your sleep, telling us that we needed to go. And we always listened. We realized that you never recalled the dreams or why we had to move. And we thought it was best that way. You let me blame you. All these years, I resented you for snatching me from one place to another. Why'd you do that? It was better that way. And as your parents, we didn't mind it. Well, I'm sorry. I know I was hard to deal with. Ace, you have nothing to apologize for. One day when you have kids, you'll understand that you'll do anything to keep them safe. Speaking of that, Elise said something a few weeks ago that's been nagging at me. I'm not a sorcerer, but I'm not altogether a human either. Who did I get my abilities from? I mean, I know that you're a sorcerer, Mom, but is that all it takes? Confused, Kat shook her head as if to clear it. What do you mean, not altogether human? What abilities? Well, for one, I can sense when someone, anyone, has power. I can walk past someone and know whether or not they are a sorcerer, and... Arian thought it was easier to show them rather than tell them, so he closed his eyes for a moment to concentrate. Then he lifted both of his hands and opened both portals to the dark domain and the light domain on either side of him. On his left side, through the rip in midair, a bright light streamed out. On his right side, a bright, dark, purplish light poured out. To further prove his point, he pushed both arms through the rips, and they disappeared. Cat gasped. I don't understand. How long have you been able to do this? I don't know. For forever, I guess. So how is this possible? Dad, do you have any connection to the dark domain and dark magic? And here, Kat declared, was the hardest question to answer. After he got his answer, she knew nothing would ever be the same. I don't know how that is possible, Arian. We've never heard of someone being able to travel to both dark and light domains, especially not a person who doesn't have magic within them. But baby, you didn't get that from either one of us, not genetically anyway. What do you mean? Kel looked at Kat and saw her shake her head as tears welled up in her eyes. This was the moment he'd never wanted to get to, but it was here and they had to face it. He placed his hands on his son's shoulder and squeezed it lightly. Arian, you're adopted. And that's another episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I know y'all just heard that right. <laughs> Please subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Reality Interrupted Pod and on Twitter at Real Interrupted. Let me know what you think of the book so far by DMing me or email me at realityinterruptedpod at gmail.com. See you next week, same time, same place for episode five. My bloopers gonna be good. <laughs> okay, so we've killed 36 tractors. <laughs> Lord, come with me to Europe for the um for the yummer. Far from innocent, Arian. Oh, Arian. <laughs> I got his name. My bad. But I'm more dark than bit. Bit is there? Bark than bite. Oh, I uh. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm used to. Wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> what, did I, what did I say? <laughs> dark what? and bit. I said dark. And that's frustrating for sure. There's an R. So it's not frustrating, it's frustrating. This is frustrating. (laughs) Okay. Both my husband and I were born with a very little power within us. But our daughter, Sunny. Uh Start over. What I miss up on? You said with a very little power. (laughs) What? Oh, I added a word. (laughs) You should have just left it alone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He couldn't. He couldn't have. He could not have. He wouldn't have. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to hear y'all. Expect their abilities longer and harder than they ever had before. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I gotta stop. I gotta chill. How did your history? Oh, Lord. What? I think it's right. It's. <laughs> their phones are clean. The watchers are clean. The watches. <laughs> and that's frustrating. Frustrating? Is that not a word? No, it's frust. Frustrating. Frustrating. Yes. Frust- There's an R. In that word. That's my my limited power. You know. <laughs> Why the fuck I keep missing? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm getting mad.
I think it's only right that we give each other something to remember the other by. Why don't you say something? I need you to actually say something. I said that. And you said something. Something. <laughs> we wouldn't been here in. You know what? <laughs> I was doing good. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just started a lot. I be seeing what I'm we talking about now when she turned her coils. <laughs> she never get it done. God, this is complicated. And that's frustrating. Can't you just believe? Can't you just believe in the word? Can I just believe in the word? word How did your hit? <laughs> Keep going. They was trying to track the strongest. There, they were. Or they oh are. shit! <laughs> Till they've all been found. No, even you if said there. I said Dave. I just didn't put the V in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't get you to come to Europe with me for the summer. Swallow. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need you to swallow. <laughs> the strongest sources and not to stop until Okay, they... wait a minute. You're saying sources and not sorcerers. I'm saying sorcerers, but I'm not putting herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you put sorcerers? Because that's like, what they are. That's ugly. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Can't nobody say sorcerers. <laughs> Come with me to Europe. <laughs> what you laughing at? <laughs> all, my, all my bloopers gonna be... <laughs> <sighs> no. You so, say sorcerers. I said sorcerers. I can't say the word. <laughs> so you got to let me say how I say it. No. I can't say it. Sorcerers. But do. it's not a it's not a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's it.